This is Normanda Femme. It's 5.18 p.m. GST from the lovely Guadalajara. And of course, Normando FM, your trusted source of all Guadalajara content from Guadalajara glitz, glamour, gossip. It's been a lovely week here with ups and downs. I do have to say there have been downs. We'll get into it on today's broadcast. We will. But we're just walking out of the Esquina del Pintor, looking for a nice place to broadcast. I think I might just walk down the street because it's, it's just lovely. You know, I just saw a hummingbird. I just saw a nice little old couple sitting on a bench. That's actually kind of my broadcasting bench, but I'll let them have it for today. Um, I walked past the Tejuino guy. We'll get into the Tejuino guy later on today's story, on today's show as well. Tejuino, if you don't know what it is, listener, well, I don't blame you because I didn't either. I didn't either, but I knew that I had to try it in Guadalajara. It ends up being a fermented corn drink that's often served, at least in the Guadalajara region, Jalisco is the state, of course, with nieve de limon and other things too but we tried the original just a couple nights ago i think right after our last broadcast which was too long ago not i think it was a couple days ago but db and i went out for tejuino i said we haven't tried yet let's just go across this little stand uh across the street and you know we asked the guy what's the most original you know the he has all these sorts of varieties, yada, yada, yada. He said, we just want to try the most kind of traditional. So he gave us an original tejuino, and he was a very nice guy. Tried to practice English a, li a little bit with us. And um, Where are you from? We got that. Um, we got very good. Um, number one, my tejuino, number one in world. Wikipedia, number one in world. And that's pretty much the extent of, of our conversation. And it was a very good tojuino. Do we have anything to compare it to? No. Uh, our first and only tojuino, and it was just in this little residential neighborhood where we are, posted up in the Esquina del Pintor. But really, really nice tojuino. And we did think, you know, that's interesting that he said number one in the world, and he mentioned Wikipedia. And we, at that point, we didn't even know what tojuino really was. So we decided to give it a shot search for it on Wikipedia, Tejuino. It came up with a decently long article in Spanish about how important it is to many different uh, pre-Hispanic, you know, pre-Columbus indigenous groups, Tejuino. It was, I think, maybe five or, diff five or six different ethnic groups um, had it as a, a, pretty, a pretty important staple of their, their diet, their liquid diet, back in the day. And it's still, of course, enjoyed in these regions where there is that... Um, indigenous presence and it's made its way into contemporary Mexican culture in a few different states. Jalisco is one of them. But there were, you know, five or six different states and there went into some differences between uh, how each state prepares their tofino. And the article was, it was informative. It was interesting, but it only had one picture. It only had one picture on the article. I think it had two. I think it had one picture was of close up of the drink the Tejuino, of course. And the second picture was just a normal street stall, a Tejuino street stall, just presumably selling Tejuino. And we opened up that picture. We looked closely, and it was the goddamn street stall right across from the Esquina del Pintor. This man was the only featured picture on the Tejuino Wikipedia page. And we just walked out of our our little abode and 
ended up saying, let's try Tequino, and that's who we tried it from. So pretty, pretty amazing experience there, you know. It was Los Tres Mosqueteros. That's the name of his stall, Tejuino. We noticed little sign, like little by little. I said, wait, is that the, is that him? Is that the calorie? You know, we saw that nutritional information in the bottom right corner. We saw Los Tres Mosqueteros. We saw, oh my God, it's him. He is the best Tejuino in the world. So shout out to him. Smash that subscribe button. I know you're, you were listening to some radio in, uh, in your Tejuino stand. And this could be a great way for you to not only uh, have incredible FAMA content, unparalleled, raw, uncensored content from Normancito and Gilbert Torpe. This would be a great way to practice your English because you seem like a very savvy business person. Very, very savvy business person. Unbelievable getting yourself to the top of the Wikipedia. I mean, you're the only guy up there. Um, so smash that subscribe button and I have no doubt that one day you'll be running the Tequino, the Tequino Empire. I don't know if you'll be working with more stands in this area, if you'll want to expand to, to the U.S. or to England, where we, of course, have uh, a couple of our home bases here on, on SFG. Or if you want to join with us to another satellite studio, maybe in Cairo or in, uh, you know, Nicaragua. Tequino man. Los Tres Mosqueteros. So very exciting stuff. Uh, but we've got a lot to get into here on Normando FMA today. Uh, it's been a while since we broadcasted. We've got to get our broadcasting feet underneath us again. Make sure we, we hit all the points. And I'm not even sure where my show notes are. This is the first little hiccup. Of course, now we don't mention our show notes quite as much as we did in the past. But I do want to get them up here. And here they are. I didn't publish them on WhatsApp FMA. So these are new to our listeners, as well as to our sister station, but we're not going to uh, explicitly say each show note, okay? We're, that's, that's broadcasting of the past. So, we'd like to start with talking about broadcaster blue balls. And I think it's, it's important because I'm feeling it right now too, you know, how to get that broadcaster high, you need to, you need to practice you know, of course, we've been doing this for years, but you need to have your daily broadcast, okay? It's like, it's as important as anything else you do during your day, your daily poop, your daily coffee, if you drink coffee, you know, your, your daily gratitude ritual, all these things are important, and we advocate for all of them here on Normando FM, but an essential part of that is the daily broadcast, listening and broadcasting. Um, no day is really complete without a broadcast. So at times, when we go broadcastless, it's like a little piece of us dies, you know? A little piece of this, the broadcaster in question, maybe both broadcasters, beautiful red-bellied bird. Wow, gorgeous bird. That's a red-bellied pepper squall, my favorite. Um, some people know so much about birds, that's crazy. I just made that bird name up, but it could be real. Um, so we're happy to be back with you today. We've got a lot to get into. We've got a lot to get, I mean, we have momentous news from Momental, Monumental, Momentous, Monumental. Monumental news from our sister station and his rendezvous with Rachel Sherfatova. Sher Sher now we, we, need, we do need a code name for her. We're gonna need a nickname for Rachel because it looks like she might have some staying power and she recognizes that E.T. probably doesn't. 
you know, he does as long as he stays in the Plymouth region, but is that going to be for long? Who knows? ET doesn't even know. Normancito doesn't even know. Normancito does want to know, and this is actually a request. ET, this is a direct request to our sister station here, live on air on Spotify Family. I request a live phone-in tomorrow. When you listen to this, pause this broadcast and call me, preferably via WhatsApp, WhatsApp FM, because we need to iron out some details. We really do, because I am not sure if, I, I just don't know if E.T. is still thinking about coming to Mexico, if he'd still like to come to Puerto, if he'd like to go somewhere else. And I think that now we need to iron out some details because my days in Mexico are numbered. They really are. I am, you know, on my last Mexican legs, my last pier in us, because Yosemite, Yosemite is May 20th, you know? We're all meeting up in LA on May 20th. And right now it's, it's April 10th. It's a day before our father station, our father ship's birthday, April 10th. So, you know, time is ticking, time is ticking. And we need to kind of get things ironed out because I'm trying to figure out how this last month is going to be spent here in Mexico. I was initially thinking that I'd probably come back to Mexico, spend another month after Yosemite, but I'm not sure if that's the case, if that's the plan either. I really just don't know. I really don't know. We'll get into that a little bit later on today's show. But we're very happy that E.T. has returned not only to the marina, but to the hard court. You know, that, that glamorous backhand that he's got paired with the atrocious forehand. It's, it's very similar to something I'm working with, but I think opposite. And I don't know if you knew that I was a... I'm also, much like, much like Rachel, I'm an ex-tennis sensation. I was good. I was good. And I, I focused a little bit more on baseball. And I kind of regret that because, of course, at least in the U.S., baseball and tennis share the same season, spring. And very much like E.T., I would play tennis in my free time. And I never played competitively. I did go to a tennis camp at one point, and I, I dominated. You know, some of these guys were playing high school tennis, middle school tennis, college tennis. And I was just, you know, a little Normancito, just kind of crushing it. Everything but the serve. I actually did used to get my, I, you know, I would have to work more on my backhand. My forehand was kind of just a natural phew, fucking, I, I destroyed my forehand always. It was, it was always perfect. I could paint the corners with my forehand. My backhand, I could get there with my backhand for sure. And, you know, after a couple, a couple weeks hitting the courts every, every now and then, I'd, I'd get my backhand to a pretty manageable level. It was the serve that was my, my kryptonite. And I usually just played casually, so I, casually, so I never really worked on my serve, but I, I definitely could have played high school tennis for sure. Um, and I miss it. I do miss it. I think I really did enjoy playing tennis, um, probably more than any other sport. I don't know if you knew that, but I would love to get out on the court with ET. Maybe, maybe just a couple short months we'll be out on the court. You know, if we do make it to PE, the Puerto Escondido, we have the PPP, the Puerto pa Popcorn Palace, with or without Mahat FAM. Well, oh, does that guy have a bully? I'd be very interested in uh, snagging a bully right now. Although we did have, they're, they're just such delicious desserts. I mean, we, we've talked about the tequino. Um, earlier today, we also had a natural yogurt parfait sort of thing. It was like this, 
I, I wanted a smoothie. So we went to a place that presumably had smoothies and they did, but they also had fresh natural yogurts. And I said, what do you guys do with those? I said, we do, we do Bionicos with them. I said, I have no idea what that means. What the, what the fuck is a Bionico? And I think it was just something they made up. I didn't ask him, I just said, I'll take one. I'll take a Bionico, give me coconut and natural yogurt. And he tossed those together and then he said, which fruit do you want? And he opened like just a hidden sort of fruit cabinet that had probably 10 different fruits. I said, how many can I choose? He said, you can choose as many as you want. And I also have banana just chilling in the back that I'll break out for you too. I'll give you a full banana in there. I said, I'll take everything then, you know? And I thought that was it. Poured a little bit more yogurt on top. And then he said, what toppings do you want? You can choose three. There were Oreos, M&Ms, toasted coconut, non-toasted coconut, um, granola, nuts, everything. I chose granola, toasted coconut, and Oreo. And it was 45 pesos, you know, $2.25, and it was delicious. DB chose something similar with different, different flavor yogurts, but really, really delicious stuff. Just excellent. So very happy with that, but I did see those people with bolis, I think, what appeared to be bolis, and I haven't, that's the one thing that I'm missing from this neighborhood right now. Boldy, of course, is that, that ice cream that comes in what looks like a condom, just a kind of a plastic pouch. And it's kind of like a homemade flavored ice, but just natural fruits and, and delicious flavors. Really recommend it. If you ever make your way down south of the southern border, listener, as you join the search, either in Mexico, Colombia, we can confirm that bullies are a big thing there. In Peru, I also saw them in Peru. In Lima, they were called marcianos. In the Amazon, they're called puriche, or curiche, depending on which part of the Amazon you're in. And it's just always, it's always a winner. You know, you can, it's, it's just a guaranteed delicious treat. So look out for signs on houses mostly, or on small little stores. That's where you're gonna find bullies. You're not gonna find them in supermarkets. You're gonna find them in little houses. Mostly people just, you know, having a little side, side bully business. And it's something to aspire to. You can also find them on the streets, especially in Santa Marta. You can even get mega bullies for 1,000 pesos. Just 33 cents, you can get a, a big supersized bully. And you can look for people on bikes, especially bikes. My, my Venezuelan bully friends uh, up in Santa Marta, you'd always bike to our house. Around 11.30 a.m., we would buy at least three bullies and have them in the fridge, freezer, just... Um, someone's someone's selling something, but I don't think they're bullies. Oh, they're tamales, okay. So we're very happy that E.T. has returned to the court and the marina. You know, not a full, it sounds like it was a pretty full return to the, the hard court there with with Rachel the tennis star, but wasn't quite a full return to the marina, but we're gonna, we're gonna count it because, um, you know, sometimes the tides at the marina are just, they're just not navigable, you know, and you need to audible into, is this guy following me? This tamale guys, I'm trying to walk away from him because I don't want him to, to ruin the broadcast quality here, the sound quality. And I know we all understand that this is a, a you know, a, a raw, uncensored broadcast. And we broadcast from the streets quite a bit, especially when we're, when we can't broadcast from home because we've got either marinas or motherships at home. And of course, we're very broadcast shy, but 
I think we're going to have to wait for this tamale guy to pass because he's just getting closer and closer. So please, we're going to interlude here, but stay tuned. Please stay tuned. And thanks for staying tuned. The tamale truck has passed us. Seven, seven pesos for a tamale, seven and eight pesos. It's a good price. I mean, the prices here in Guadalajara, they're fair and they're just. I've been very, very happy with that. Um, but yeah, so we're very glad that, that E.T. got to return back to his natural state as a little suckling piggy, uh, and that he got tossed off. He got tossed off. And thank you for clarifying and explaining somewhat graphically what being tossed off means to you. Listeners, what does it mean to you? Um, I don't think I'd ever really heard the expression when E.T. first said it before he clarified you know, my first impression was that it had to do something with oral sex. I know that tossing the salad, I think that means it's a crude way of, of saying eating out an asshole. I'm not sure if tossing salads or tossing off could also be, could also mean some sort of, you know, vaginal oral sex, maybe even penile oral, oral sex. I'm not sure, but I did not think it just meant jerking off a dick. So thank you for clarifying, but I'm glad, uh, you know, you've been tossed off for the first time in, in a while since I think you did get tossed off mid-pandemic, but we're glad you're back at the marina. We really are. A captain's got a, a captain's got a sail. We know that. We've known that. So very happy that you guys, uh, you know, got a little action in. Did you eat dumplings or was there just dumping? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if the dumplings were ever consumed. You didn't tell me. I don't think what you ate, but not important. What's important is that you guys enjoyed your time together. It's important that you not only did you run it back on the court, you know, and have play a couple different sets there, E.T. showing off his impressive backhand, but you, you ran it back in the bedroom on the couch too because I know that I don't know how many spud shoots there were. Two or three? That's, that's quite a bit of spud shooting for one evening. Um, so you got to be happy about that. I know Rachel, Rachel Sharapova, I know she received some of the spuds. I know E.T. received some of the spuds too, which isn't ideal, but it happens. It can happen. But, uh, and, and it's very interesting, you know, the, the sleep score. It's, it's interesting. Now it's not like you're just having, you know, a, a marina captain relationship that's gone unnoticed by, of course, we're here. The listeners, the search party knows about this new captain marina relationship. But so is the Fitbit. And the Fitbit's going to tell you how it's affecting E.T. to the core. You know, a 65 on a sleep score over at the marina. That's that's low. That's remarkably low. It's a concern. It's a concern, and I don't know if we got a broadcast after that 65 sleep score uh, the day after. I don't think we did. Um, but it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been ET's normal self. You know, I think I'm. I don't have a Fitbit yet. And I will once we once we sign the deal with Fitbit to be their new, uh, you know, their new number one team here on Spotify FM. Eh? Uh, we'd be a proud, proud Spotify sponsored by Fitbit, publishing our sleep scores, our paces per day, steps per day, our average heart rates. We do it all because it it is important information. We do value it. And one of our hosts is enjoying, uh, you know, getting to know himself a little bit better with the help of Fitbit. I still haven't, you know, I still haven't. And do I feel 100% today? No, 
was it because I was in the 60s or low 70s last night, sleep score-wise? I think maybe, because I even had to take a nap today around 11 a.m. That's not a good sign. That's not a sign of a, of a, a restful night's sleep, having to close your eyes at 11 a.m. I mean, come on. That's crazy. So what we haven't had to deal with is waking up in the middle of the night to pee. That hasn't happened for about three weeks. You know, the last time it happened, I, I let ET know about it. I let our listeners know about it. It's not a normal occurrence. And we are a little concerned that it is a normal occurrence for ET, as is the Fitbit. You know, the Fitbit's docking him points there. He's, oh my God, he's out of bed. Where are we going? Where are we going? We're going to the bathroom? Unbelievable. That's a negative five. That immediately docks it points on the Fitbit. And it should. It should. So, as we know, this is Thirsty Work Broadcasting. Um, maybe we should work on broadcasting in the mornings and quenching our thirst, pounding H2O in the morning, um, uh, getting in you know 85% of our intake before 12, and then maybe finishing off 15%, the, the other 15% before three, before four, and going dry after four that's a good way to get our Fitbit scores up, you know, our sleep scores, of course. Um, so very exciting news over from our sister station. We're excited to see what uh, the new Marina in question, um, what she has in store for us. But we're hoping that it'll be a full, you know, we'll be able to, to get a full Marina experience in this week. Um, and we, we look forward to hearing just what that has in store for us. So very exciting stuff. Um, I appreciate the concern that you expressed for me sitting underneath a coconut tree. Right now I'm under what looks to be a big maple. It looks to be a big maple. And uh, I, don't, I know this is the favorite tree of the, that red-bellied thistle batch. Uh, but I don't see it right now. It's a beautiful tree. And it doesn't look like there are any sorts of large nuts or fruits that could potentially drop on my broadcasting head and and you know deliver me what would be probably my sixth or seventh concussion uh and probably the final concussion in my broadcasting career i can't imagine i'd be able to broadcast after receiving another concussion um but who knows stranger things have happened i mean i've beaten all i've uh, i've beaten all odds being able to broadcast now after six concussions can you imagine i used to be a lot quicker and wittier you know, the repeated concussions have not helped, or have they? I don't know. Uh, you know, if, if we have any of our, sci our scientist friends out there listening that want to perform a CAT scan on this very brain, this broadcasting brain, please let me know. I'd be happy to do it. Of course, you pay. I'm not paying for that CAT scan. This is for the benefit of science in the world. Um, I, of course, am interested to know what's happening in this brain, but but the world's more interested. So let me take a, a drink. It is thirsty work. So thanks for letting me know about your one day in Yosemite. I know you had a quick day in Yosemite. We will be there for three nights, I believe. Three full nights in Yosemite and then a few nights in LA back with, with Eli. But it is going to be our first time in Yosemite. I've never been to any of the big national parks. Don't think. Um, I did go to the Grand Canyon when I was a kid, but definitely never been to Yosemite or Yellowstone or uh, that one that looks like Mars and the Dakotas, whichever, uh, Red Rocks or no, that's somewhere else. 
The Badlands. Never been to the Badlands. Would like to. Badass name. Badass name. Um, but very excited for Yosemite. It's going to be another opportunity to take mushrooms. That is for sure. That is for sure. And we've we've talked about it. We've talked about it. And it'll be interesting to, you know, that's that's the quote unquote bachelor party. It's us taking Eli, the fiance in question, and one of our best friends from high school, out to Yosemite. Just him, Greg, and myself. Three out of the four best friends from, from high school um, are radically orthodox Jew friends. Nate, who completes the, the friendship circle from high school, is not, going to be, is not going to be able to join because he's in med school, uh, a Jewish-friendly orthodox med school. Um, he, of course, converted to a radical uh, Judaism sect uh, after graduating college, went to Israel and decided that he was going to, to study the Talmud and uh, dedicate probably four or five years of his life to that. I radicalized in a different way, of course. I radicalized towards the Latin American culture. Um, you know, I learned Spanish. He learned Talmud. So I do respect his drive and motivation. I understand that uh, you know, it's not necessary really for me to understand his, his motives. I want him to be happy, of course. Do we have a lot in common now? No. We get together, he speaks, you know, old Yiddish verses to me, and I just answer him in Spanish. We, know, we can't really communicate, but still a good guy. He's unfortunately not going to be able to make it to Yosemite because he's in med school. And I think it, it's some sort of Jewish holiday. It's always some sort of Jewish holiday. Once you're once you're a little... Once you're a little once you're religious enough, there's always a religious reason f that precludes you from participating in secular events. So I don't know which one this is, if it's the tree day or if it's the remembering day. You know, there's a holiday for everything once you're, once you're extreme enough. So it'll just be Greg, Eli, and myself. Um, Eli, I know, has consumed mushrooms in college. Greg has never, never done mushrooms, um, but is open to it. So... We'll see whether we can uh, whether we can procure them in California. Who knows? Maybe I'll just bring them, over, smuggle them over the border. You know, what's the worst going to happen? I know how to get the, I know how to get them here, and in fact, I have gotten them recently here. Um, and that's why we were unable. We would have been unable to listen to ET's broadcast a couple days ago, which we did leave you on the cliffhanger, especially on our private channel. Well, the reason, listeners, was that we were out procuring and then consuming mushrooms. And we're gonna get into that, but we are gonna finish with our show notes first. Um, and we'll get, we'll get into the Cairo curveball slash England, which is uh, a very interesting sort of uh, inkling of a plan that's coming to, uh, we're, we're starting to think, we're starting to think what we wanna do after Yosemite. You know, the plan is, the options would be to either go back to the Boston area and visit the fam. Or the options would be pop right back down south of the southern border, do another month here before going to visit the fam in July, be around for 4th of July. Or there would be uh, the potential to maybe pop over to an unknown destination for a month, either in June or July. Because why not? Because why not? Um, you know, we still have this uncertain, 
this uncertainty regard, regarding our financial situation, but that's not gonna be resolved for quite some time. And I don't wanna worry about it too much. So I'm thinking that June or July, I would like to go somewhere. Um, and that's pretty much it. So, you know, seeing those $600 flights from LAX to Cairo, then Cairo to Boston, I thought, that could be an option. Is, Af is, is Egypt, was Egypt on my radar before? No, Africa was, but Egypt seems like it could be a good starting place. Not a starting place in an Africa trip, but a, a starting place in my experience with Africa, because I think it could be interesting to check it out. It's a little bit isolated from the other African countries that I would prefer to go to, like, you know, Kenya and Ethiopia and uh, South Africa as well. You know, shout out to the Double D. If she's listening to this. I will come and continue our toxic sort of weird friendship slash banging relationship in South Africa this year. I would love to do that. So smash that like button. You'll get updates here. Um, but I just thought, that's ah, pretty cheap. 600 bucks round trip. Go to Cairo for a month. My first sort of African experience. Then pop back to the Boston area for July. Be there 4th of July. Be there early August for, for our friend Anthony's wedding and then, you know, be free from mid-August to October when we have Eli's wedding in Chicago where we will presumably be at the Quincy Jones table. And it might actually be called the Normando FMA slash SFG table sponsored by Quincy Jones. You know, I think he's probably gonna wanna have our name and title on that uh, as his newest and latest project. Um, you know, Will Smith is old now. He discovered Will Smith. He was good to Will Smith, but Will Smith, you know, he, he got chewed up and spit out. And Quincy is, is in the market for young talent. He's looking for the next Will Smith. He's got Eli on his team, uh, but I know he's would love, I know he would love to break into the podcast game and this could be a way to do it. So it's an excellent opportunity for Quincy to go to this wedding, to be at my table and to just kind of know that the opportunity is knocking. It's been knocking for, for a few years now and, and someone just needs to open the door, answer the phone. Um, but yeah, so we were thinking maybe Cairo. Then you said, why not England? And I thought, why not? Looked up, looked up flights, $400 round trip, Boston to England. I mean, come on, that's a no brainer too. So now the question is just when? You know, I'm thinking that maybe after LA, I would like to go to Boston for a bit, maybe a month, maybe even less time, who knows? But it could be a good time to, to get that needle jabbed in me and uh, get some protection against the scary, scary COVID, get vaccinated, which we urge all our listeners to do as well. Um, and then head to England or Cairo or somewhere else before Ant's wedding in August. So why not? Why not? Um, and of course, that would be a great way. I, I think the priority has to be and should be meeting up with our co-host and organizing what would be our, our main endeavor, whether it's going to be SFG, whether it's going to be some sort of channel where we interview and verbally spar with guests. Uh, you know, we're great with each other. We're also great with third parties. There are things that we can do. And we recognize that, you know, we're being realists. We're not being cocky. We're just being realists. 
you know, I think we're ready for the comedy breakthrough. You know, we're ready for the comedy industry and the comedy industry is ready for us there. They need us, to be honest, they need us. They've had a couple big losses recently. Robin Williams, you know, he died a while ago, but still, no one's filled his shoes, you know? They're looking to fill shoes. We need to fill Will Smith's shoes with Quincy. We need to fill Robin Williams' shoes with the world. Um, sex with Chad. Sex with Chad. I don't remember why Sex with Chad is a show note, but I think it probably has to do something with DB. DB having sex with Chad. I don't really remember this part, so I'm just going to kind of gloss over it. Oh, I think it was whether I wanted to have sex with Chad because if DB was having sex with Chad and then we had sex, it would be me having sex with Chad, which I, I do agree is kind of uh, kind of valid, you know? Unprotected sex is... Uh, everyone's having sex with everyone when you go unprotected. And DB and I are still, no surprises here, going unprotected. And um, I do have a little fucking bump on the base of my dick, which I'll, we'll send pictures. We'll put pictures up on Instagram. You can say, is that herpes or is that a little, little, little ingrown hair? I think it's probably going to be the latter, but... We're no doctor. Um, so interesting stuff there. You know, with full disclosure, as we always do here on Normando FMA. That's what being a broadcaster, an FAMA broadcaster is all about. Um, did notice that little bump yesterday. Don't love it. Saw it today too. It doesn't look to be anything, you know, really malicious. But uh, it's something. It's something, you know. Dick and ball problems. The life of being an FM, FMA broadcaster. You know, ET's got twisted knots. I've got bumpy balls. Um, so moving on, we've got a lot to talk about. Um, still, believe it or not, as we finish our show notes, but we have more to talk about because, as I foreshadowed or on, on earlier on today's broadcast, we consumed. We both consumed and procured mushrooms, not in that order, since we last broadcasted. DB and I decided that the Esquina del Pintor would be a perfect place to consume mushrooms. It's got a really nice, lovely patio with tons of flowers and a beautiful view over some gorgeous trees, a very calm sort of neighborhood, calm place to stay. We've had very little interaction with the other people staying there. They're kind of out all day, usually. Um, and we thought, let's fucking do it. Let's get mushrooms. Let's get a little bit more than we got last time. And let's do a little bit of a higher dose. And if we don't want to do a higher dose, well, we'll just have mushrooms for a couple different days. So that's what we decided to do. We contacted one of the guys that wanted to bang DB um, from a hostel and got a mushroom contact through him. We did have to go meet up with him and his mushroom dealer uh, was late. His mushroom dealer was late. So we actually, I think it was kind of a waste. He didn't know that I was around. So I think he thought that DB was going to hang out with him for a couple hours and have a couple drinks while he waited for the mushroom dealer. So it ended up pretty much, that ended up pretty much happening, but with the addition that I was there. So it's just us having drinks. Um, and there were some other people at the hostel bar, luckily. So um, we had a couple drinks with uh, these, these strangers. Um, 
there was one interesting dude. He was this Italian guy, probably late 30s. Um, he's an economics professor in at Warwick, actually. Warwick, Warwick University in London, I believe. And he's definitely a, a kind of hot shit in economics. Um, I asked him for you know, his thesis of his current research project. He said, it's pretty complicated. You know, I don't really, I should be able to explain it, but I, uh, it's about, you know, Trump and Brexit and, you know, uh, I can't really explain it. I said, okay, well, you should, you should go work on that because, I mean, come on, you should be able to explain it. But we had some interesting, con some interesting talks about macroeconomics, Biden stimulus plan, et cetera. Very interesting. Um, there are some other characters there, but no one really worth talking about. Um, finally, we got the mushrooms, and we got 10 grams, 10 grams of mushrooms. So we used the mushroom calculator to sort of determine what a high dose would be for both of us based on weight, based on whether the mushrooms were dried or fresh, etc. Um, a high dosage for me, according to this mushroom calculator, was around 3.2 or 3.5 grams. And for DB, it was a little bit less. She weighs quite a bit less than me. I think it was around 2.7 grams for her. So we decided to get 10 grams and we could take as much as we wanted and we could have it for other days as well, other occasions. Um, so I believe it was Thursday morning. Yeah, it was a Thursday. It was a Thursday. Thursday morning, we decided to, you know, have a banana for breakfast, get some snacks, wait for the rest of the pintores to leave the esquina del pintor. <coughs> what was that? And consume the mushrooms. And we started with four little mushrooms each, I think. Um... We didn't do any weighing. We wanted to take more than we took last time, which was, the last time it was a very light high, a very light trip. So we wanted to take more, and we said, we'll just start with four. So we started with four. Very interesting how gradually the trip begins. You know, it really is. You start to notice small changes, and then, you know, I was noticing some small changes. We were kind of hanging out outside, things look pretty, you start kind of feeling funny. My body always, you know, I've noticed that in these, the four times I've done mushrooms, now there are four times, four times in like two months, four times I've done mushrooms. Um, you know, initially I feel kind of funny with, my, my body feels funny, it feels heavy, it feels a little tingly, um, I get a little giggly, uh, but nothing crazy, nothing crazy. But we're starting to feel that, and we decided to go into the room to lie down. A couple paintings in the room, should be no surprise, it's La Esquina del Pintor. A couple paintings, I mean, there are paintings everywhere. Another great reason to take mushrooms at this place. Beautiful, picturesque place, you know. There's both real, live nature everywhere, and there's also painted nature everywhere, so really nice. Um, one of the paintings started looking very vibrant to me. It was a landscape with a little cottage and it looked like, you know, the lights were turning on and off in the cottage. I said, okay, well, that's something. Lie down and I start really 
seeing things, mostly in this painting and in the painting, uh, just the wall. There were a couple patches of paint in the wall and they kind of looked like ancient indigenous sort of figures that were moving and dancing to the music. And of course, music was a big part of this. I sent directly to our sister station a song that we discovered right before our trip. And our trip actually was, we often played, I think for most of our trip, we played the radio station that Spotify genera generated from that song, Out of Nowhere by Chelu. I don't know how you say that, but really incredible song, great video, very trippy, very trippy. And the radio station that Spotify generated off of that one song, it was, was an incredible soundtrack to quite a trip. So we started seeing things in the painting. We started, um, you know, seeing things in the wall. And then we said, as we started to feel more and more uh, affected by the psilocybin, we decided to put on one of those little face mask things and go in. And boy, listener, did we go in. So in your last broadcast, you mentioned that neither of us had had that ego dissolution sort of high. Well, that is no longer the case. I was gone. There was no Normancito. Normancito was dead. In fact, I actually thought, and I told, D, I told DB quite a bit, that I knew that she existed because I could see her, but I didn't know that I existed. And I thought that I was probably dead, which I felt okay with. I felt okay with being dead. I, that didn't freak me out. It was actually a pretty cool feeling that, you know, I, I kept thinking, I think I'm dead. And if I'm not, I'm at least not afraid of death anymore. The only thing that would make me scared of death would be if the people that I love and care about didn't realize that I love and care about them before I died. You know, the only reason that I would be afraid of death right now would be if I haven't made it clear enough to the people around me how important they are to me. So, listener, sister station, this is an announcement that I love you guys and I care about you. So if I die, now you know, okay? Still don't plan on dying, but in the mushroom trip, I was either dead or dying or accepting that death is a natural part of life and an adventure and very interesting, very kind of Michael Pollany and how to change your mind, how I could totally see why uh, mushrooms is often prescribed to people towards the end of their lives as a way to process their impending death because it, it really did kind of make me feel like that's just gonna be a new phase, another adventure and really pretty interesting. Um, but my trip was a balance between me walking around with DB and tripping with her and me going into my own head. And I really could, I mean, I was in a different world. At times when I was with DB, I, you know, I could, I saw everything around me. Um, I was kind of in control, but once I put the head, the, you know, the face mask on and just kind of lied there and said, okay, I'm gonna let go, see what happens. I had some pretty intense, otherworldly sort of experiences. Uh, for a while I was, and, and a lot of them were dictated by the music. Um, so for one song I was on a spaceship, 
and um, you know, people were around me, uh, aliens were around me, uh, everything was very sort of amigable in Spanish, you know, everything, everyone was friendly, it was no sort of harm or risk there. Um, I, a lot of times with DB and when I was both with her and when I was in my head, I was thinking about, I need to try to understand certain things, understand that, you know, a, a big theme was how everyone has to be respected because everyone's their own person. You know, I, I was gone. I wasn't a person anymore. I was just thinking about every, how everyone else, how amazing and beautiful it is that we're all different, but we all have similarities, how important it is that everyone makes their own choices, that they're respected, that they're treated fairly as, an, as their own individual. Um, I thought a lot about how many people, unfortunately, don't have that privilege or that right, I should say, inalienable right of being free and independent and uh, not harmed by others. How fucked up it is that many people harm others. Um, I thought about suffering and how unfair it is that some people suffer so much. A lot, you know, there was a lot of thinking about Wilmita, my ex-amor, formerly known as Wilmita, that is. And there was this sort of desire, intense desire to understand, to understand. DB often would reply to me when I was talking about this, you don't need to understand, just feel. You know, she was kind of just feeling and I was trying to understand. I don't get it. I don't get how this can happen. I don't get how people can suffer. I don't get how this, how people are shitty to others, etc. She said, you don't need to understand it. And one time when I went in my head, I realized that she was pretty right because I don't think I will ever be able to understand a lot of this stuff. I um, had this very intense uh, part of my trip where I kind of witnessed my ex-amor, formerly known as Wilmita, her painful uh, pregnancy that was not desired, an undesired pregnancy, an unwanted pregnancy, and how I will never understand the pain that that can generate. I'll never understand that. There's no way for me to understand that. I can sympathize. I can be empathetic. I can be supportive. I can of, of other people suffering, but I don't necessarily. I, I won't necessarily ever be able to understand it. So that was kind of a, a realization that I felt. And then, that was dark but beautiful. That was dark but beautiful. And uh, then I went into some really darker stuff some really darker stuff in my own brain. And I actually unlocked a forgotten memory. And listeners, I think you're gonna need to upgrade to the VIP membership plan on Patreon to to know more about this unlocked, somewhat traumatic experience that the psilocybin had the key to. Or the psilocybin unlocked this. It was the key to a locked experience, if you catch my drift. So very intense stuff. Um, As close to a bad trip as it could possibly have been. Uh, I I don't think I I mentioned that we started with the four mushrooms, but we kept going. And as high and ego dissolved as I was, I kept eating mushrooms. And DB and I finished the mushrooms. So instead of the three 
gram recommended high dose, we both had about five grams of mushrooms. DB never ego dissolved. She felt like she was kind of going out of her body, but not really. I was gone. I was dead. Normancito was dead. Um, so it was quite an experience. It really was. I don't know if it was all positive. Um, I think the dark stuff could have, could have just stayed there without being unlocked. Of course, I say that, and I'm not sure if I really mean it, because I, I do, I am, of course, a proponent of trying to really understand the brain and, and accepting that there are things in there that can be dark or troublesome or traumatic in that it's important to, to try to understand those things or try to feel those things so that they don't affect you negatively without you even realizing it. Um, we will be having an appointment with our dyke shrink today, two hours after dinner, um, if she shows up, of course, there's always a risk that she doesn't show up with her. But we, we would like to, I mean, on our live call with ET tomorrow, we'll get more into the memory that was unlocked. And I do want to share it. Um, I'm just not sure if it's ready, if it's SFG ready, at least for the non-paying customers. So that was the mushroom experience. It lasted from around 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Um, I came back into my body around um, six or so. I told DB about what I had unlocked. She kind of also told me about things that she had unlocked. Um, some also some dark things, but her trip was definitely lighter and, and less dark than mine. Um, we were starving. We ate after we tripped and we were definitely still tripping a bit. It's definitely still high. Chose to have somewhat high mushroom sex, which was good. I thought I was going to throw up a couple times, but it was, it felt good. And then I shit after sex, I shit for like 20 minutes, just an insane amount of shit. And I was thinking, this is the bad shit. This is the bad shit that I just tripped. Now it's coming out. So that was good. That was purifying and cleansing. So that's about all we have to, uh, to say about our very intense mushroom trip. I mean, pretty amazing, pretty amazing. The evolution of Normancito in these last five months, you know, December to, to April, you come down here, never having done mushrooms, Four months, you do mushrooms four times, including a very heavy ego-dissolving dose uh, with about the darkest trip you can imagine. Um, but also, I mean, there are so many phases of the trip. So many, so many of the phases were, were positive and, and incredible, but there was a very dark part of the trip. Um, you know, just so many firsts down here. So many firsts, and, and we'll see whether we continue to have firsts. I'm thinking about you know, I was thinking about maybe going to Mexico City for our friend Santiago's art expose, who's also a tattoo artist, but he's showing off all these amazing drawings that he's done over at the Museo de Antropología, one of E.T.'s favorite museums, um, and that's next weekend. So D.B. and I were just looking into flights. I'm not sure whether they were going to be flights that we would take together or not, but flights from Guadalajara to Mexico City, or we were even thinking Guadalajara to Puerto Escondido or Guadalajara to Mazatlán, with a you know an 18-hour layover in Mexico City. So it'd be a, a way to get to our next destination. Maybe we have two separate destinations, I'm not sure, but a way to get to our destinations with a long layover to be able to support 
one of my favorite artists, Santiago, who also does tattoos. And what if I just, you know, get a little pre-Columbian, pre-Columbus indigenous tattoo? I'm not sure if I would feel, I don't know actually what I'd feel about that. Uh, it's not really, I mean, I'm just a white dude. Should I really have one of those tattoos? Um, of course, it would be out of respect and, and reverence to these pre-Hispanic cultures, Latin America, that I've had such amazing experiences learning about and, and living with in, in the Amazon. Oh, here's, the, here's the Los Tres Mosqueteros. I'm gonna take a picture of the Tejuino guy. Um, but yeah, so with the, will that be another first, a first tattoo? I'm not sure, probably not. But as we're getting into our final month here in Mexico, we are starting to think about how incredible of a time we've had, how excited we are for the next adventure, how excited we are to get together with our sister station, co-host um, here on SFG, but also trying to iron down those plans because I'm gonna have to start figuring it out. So I reiterate my formal request for a live phone in tomorrow. Uh, I'll be around, I will be around. So that is all. Um, we're walking past this church, which literally always has mass. It's like a 24 hour mass sort of thing. It's, it's really pretty convenient, I think, for everyone. So anytime you wanna go, you can pray. Uh, but that's it, gonna go get, we're doing a little stir fry, actually, over at La Esquina del Pintor. You're all invited, but it's gonna be served probably in the next 20 minutes, because I think, I think DB was getting a, an early start on it. I have to do the rice, but I think she was trying to get the rest of it whipped up. So that's it for now. Until next time, take care, listeners. And as always, please stay tuned.